Welcome to the Gen Z Show, the only show dedicated to young leaders and those who work with them to create a positive revolution that will inspire this generation to impact future generations. With your host, James McLean. Hey, Tyler, welcome to the Gen Z Show, my friend. It's good to see you again. Yeah, it's good to see you, James. I appreciate you having me. Uh, Tyler and I, for the audience that have known each other for, let's see, at least probably about five or six years now. It's at least that. It might even be longer. So I was, I was trying to think, I think you, if I came in a year, I think I was the class a year ahead of you in uh, the uh, Ziegler uh, Legacy Certification. So, and I know I did that in 13. So it's probably about, yeah, six years. Wow. That's a long time yep. uh, for this stuff. So, and for our audience, uh, to know uh, Tyler and I are both uh, Ziegler Legacy Certified Trainers, and that's how we got to know each other. Uh, met down in Plano, Texas, uh, working with Mr. Tom Ziegler and the whole Ziegler family. Uh, and, and we're really excited about uh, having you here today and, and, and joining us on our show. Yeah, can't wait to dive in and talk about some performance issues, talk about what's going on in the world, and just share some ideas and lessons and get connected again. Well, our audiences want to know who you are. They, they'll be able to read some of the things down below in the show notes and maybe click on some links, but they want to hear from you, uh, the things that you want to share with them about yourself. So introduce yourself to our young audience. Right. Well, I'm a country music singer and race car driver, and those things I do for fun, they're a thrill. And I also use those, more importantly, to help individuals and organizations tap into performance potential because you live and work in high stakes environments every day on the racetrack, on the stage, singing and performing. And I can take lessons that are valuable for me and bring those back to help people understand themselves at a greater level and create more impact in their lives. So doing a lot of fun work on the stage, speaking, coaching and creating a transformation. How did you get uh, started into either one of those aspects or just do it in the order in which they came right. in your life? So naturally singing came first, just as a kid, I was, I was a noisemaker and I wouldn't <laughs> shut up. So my mom would be on the phone and I'd be screaming in the background, singing, doing all kinds of weird stuff for people on the phone listening, you know, um, but then got into a choir in middle school and like any kid, it was just a thing to do, right? It's kind of like you're, it's a, a class requirement. Well, it turned out that our choir director auditioned us for a traveling production that was rolling through Atlanta and it was Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat. And so as an 11 year old kid, I got to be a, a part of this touring production for a full week of shows at the Fox Theater in Atlanta, 4,000 people in the audience. And the first year was just fun. Second year, they came back through town and they asked us to be a part of it again. And at 12 years old, it clicked that people actually get paid to do something like this. And I knew in that moment, I wanted to be an entertainer, not necessarily a Broadway style musical, but I just wanted to be on stage performing in front of people and being a part of a team doing that, it was a thrill. So. That was my first taste of entertainment, and I really fell in love with music at a deeper level at that point. A few years later, I had one bad performance at a house party where I forgot the lyrics, and for a decade, I didn't sing or perform in public at all. And so I shut down that whole experience of something I love to do just out of fear, you know, one bad experience. And so music came first. My uncles are mechanics on my mom's side, and so I grew up around cars, and it just so happened I fell in love with NASCAR as a kid about 11, 12 years old, but I wasn't close to it. You know, they were mechanics who were doing mud racing and, and drag racing type stuff, but NASCAR was a whole nother world that none of us knew anything about. 
And just through self-determination and taking the initiative, I learned everything I needed to know about NASCAR motorsports, how people get started. And I had a grandfather who'd given us some Walmart stock as a kid. And so when I was 19 years old, it happened to be worth about $20,000, which to me was a ton of money, right? And it, the plan was that's going to be a, a down payment on a house one day, or maybe get started in a, a marriage or something for your future, right? And I decided, hey, what better to do than, than go racing? And so I bought a used race car and had no idea what I was doing, but knew that I wanted to do this. And that was the journey of racing where it began 19 years old and I ran full-time for about five years and took some time off and now I'm back in it again, doing both music and racing. So sometimes when things fall apart or seemingly fall apart, they come back around full circle and we can dive back in. So it's a, been a, a strange progression of you know, going from music to racing and then bringing them both together into one. So you said you also do some, some coaching and um, I know you wrote a book. So how did you get to that point from, you know, music and racing? And then what made you decide to start doing this coaching and trying to inspire people with what you do? So that's a great question. Um, I guess I was about 26, seven years old. I was just going through a breakup, a girl I thought I was going to marry. And kind of had that quarter life crisis that people talk about now. You, you, you get out of school, you, you've done some work, but things don't seem to be going as planned. And so I did a big year of just discovery. I went to counseling, did some therapy. I experienced some coaching on my own. I was in a men's group and just, I heard for the first time, a lot of people say, Hey, like where you're at in life is not bad. It's not wrong. It's just a season. And what I learned during that year taught me that I didn't know a lot of stuff that I thought I should have known. And so I wrote this book. I have a voice back in, I think we published it in 2016 and I wrote it because I thought the 15 or 16 year old version of me needed to hear what's inside of that book. And it's this idea that I have a voice that at the, at the core of it, that you matter, but deeper into that, you know, how do we look at life? How do we pursue life? How do we engage with the world around us in a way that's meaningful for us, despite the setbacks, the failures and how we can get back up again and, and move forward. And, and that launched a whole journey of speaking. Um, so I, my first speaking engagement was actually 2012. And then from you know, the last eight years or so, it's just grown to being able to speak, to coach, to help others discover more of who they are. So what I'm really passionate about is helping others awaken and activate their performance potential. Mm -hmm. you know, and a lot of people, when they hear performance potential, they, they kind of go, oh, I don't, I don't like the word performance because then I have to go do something. And you're telling me it's, you know, it's gradable, right? You, know, you can pass, you can fail. It's a, it's a great performance, it's a bad performance. What I'm more interested in is the expression of potential and helping people see how great they can be when they fully express themselves in the world. So that's where I got my start. It's a lot to, to take in at once when you combine all of it. Yeah, no. It's like really you can't possible. hold a job down. What's the matter with you? Hey, it sounds like <laughs> it, but we do it, right? <laughs> that's exactly right. I, I, I want to go back to what you said about the, the fear that you had when you failed that time of, of, of uh, you know, that stopped you for a year from doing what you love and stuff. How did you overcome that? How did you move through that? I can tell you from experience coaching young people, that is something that they want to know right now because a lot right. of them are, you know, they failed. Uh, well, failure happens for everyone. But at 13 years old, you know, my dad was a dentist, still is a dentist. He's practicing today, 40 plus years. He didn't talk a lot about failure. 
And I didn't see a lot of failure because he was always relatively successful in his work. And the people around me, for the most part, you're going to school, you're, you're classmates, you know, all you're doing is going to school, you're getting graded on your class work. And then you have, if you're in athletics, you're getting graded on your wins and losses. But failure to me wasn't something I personally had a, a big experience with. And that one performance, you know, I have friends I've talked to today and they're like, I, I don't remember that. That, that night, it's not a, it's a blip on the radar for them. But for me, it was a, a monumental experience. And I wish I could have said, you know, the next day my mom was there to see it or my dad was there to see it or had a friend put their arm around me and say, hey, man, you're going to get back up and we're going to do this tomorrow. But I didn't. One, I didn't share the experience with anybody. I internalized it. And so as soon as it happened, I made that internal decision, hey, I'm never going to do this again because I didn't want to feel embarrassed. You know, in high school, middle school, high school and college, those are prime opportunities to feel shame, embarrassment, guilt and you want to internalize those, right? Because you don't want to share with anybody. And so I learned just to hold that internal, internally inside. And for the, really 10 years, I didn't perform in public. I was terrified to, to speak in classrooms. So whether it's high school or college, getting up in front and presenting, I was terrified. My knees would shake, my heart would race. I hated it. And then racing started bringing some of that back out because you had to do some interviews. You had radio, TV, even the, the local racing I was doing. But it really wasn't until my mid-20s where I fully broke into awakening that part of me that I, I suppressed, that wanted to be on stage, that wanted to entertain, that wanted to share stories with people. And so, again, the book is kind of that story of how you can go back in at any given moment. You know, I, I waited 10 years to really begin reawakening that story. And that's 10 years too long. And so when I talk about failure for anyone, you know, especially you know, 15, 20, 25 year olds, it's what can you do the next day to get back up? Who can you talk to? Who's in your corner? And what narrative, what story are you telling yourself about that one experience? Because what you think is the end of the world, it rarely is. You know, we have obviously big trauma events that happen, but for small events in classroom settings or even relationships with friends at school, the, the things we think are the end of the world, really they're just small moments in our lives that when we can change the story and the meaning of it and direct it towards something powerful, then we can create true transformation. So what are some of the steps that you would advise someone? Just, just make a scenario. We got a 17 year old, they failed at uh, maybe getting into the college they want right. or maybe getting that scholarship athletically or musically for they want. What steps would you give them to, to change that story that they're telling themselves? Cause right now they're telling themselves, you know, I'm a loser. I'm a failure. Uh, it's right. not someone else that's necessarily telling them that they're telling themselves that. Right. Well, in, in the moment it's first create the awareness. So what is the story? So you can objectively say, that I didn't get into college of my choice. My life is over. My friends go in there. We have this whole plan. It's not working out. Life's over. So what is the narrative story you're telling? You know, I'm an idiot. I'm stupid. I don't, I'm not good enough. I'm, I, you know, I did everything and they still don't want me. So I'm no good. I don't matter. Whatever the story is, get it on paper. You know, write it down so that you can sense it, so you can feel it and get a full understanding of where you're, what position are you putting yourself in? And then, recreate the story that's truly true you know if you didn't get into college because you needed a 4.1 gpa and you know you only had a 4.0 or you missed this one you know point on this test or you didn't have the extracurriculars that they were looking for or maybe you just don't even know they just said hey you got rejected 
you know, it, it's creating the, the transformational story of how are you going to let this either hold you back or lift you up and move you forward? Because at the end of the day, again, what we think is the end of the world isn't. So what's the next thing we can do? We can apply to that next school or we can go to a junior college and then transfer into that school. So it's, it's reframing the end of the world scenario into what's the next best option. And of course, as someone who's been down the road, I've been through college, I've many years removed. I've been through a lot of different failures. I can tell you college is just one little moment in your life. And it's more about the friendships and connections and studies and the actual school doesn't matter as much. Right. And so it's getting around people who can affirm. So maybe you have a mentor in your life an, an older adult, a coach, a teacher, you know, maybe if you're parents, you have great relationships, you can talk to them, be able to vocalize that experience of someone that you trust and who, you know, can help you get out of the negative headspace because you can't do it alone. You know, the awareness starts on your own. Right. But once you get past the awareness phase, it's you need other mentors, other coaches, other friends to help lift you and guide you and you say, hey, that's not the end of the world. I know it feels like it right now. You know, I, I'm hearing what you're saying and I, I can understand that that's really painful. It's, it's a heavy place to be. But what I know of you is this and have them affirm who you are and, and really just pour life into the story. And every day, look at the positives of the story. So you've, you got that negative view that you've created, but then you have the positive one that you're now going to affirm, hey, I'm not stupid, I'm not an idiot. I have potential, I have what it takes, I do matter. Life is great. It's tough right now, but it is still great. And so creating gratitude for the future opportunities. How would you recommend they, they start really dreaming again? You know, their the, song Believe yeah. Again has that has a line in there about dreaming again, keep on dreaming as well. It, I, I just see this, and, and Kenzie and I both have experienced, you know, major failure, something that we wanted to go for, and then it went away. But we did have those kind of resources that you do. We were able to reframe the story, understand that that was not the end. But unfortunately, you know, Kenzie and I's experiences seem to be you know, the exception to the rule so often people just are saying, okay, I'm gonna have to settle for life. How do you, how do you, how do you get them? How did you do it rather? How did you, you know, start dreaming again? I think by nature, I'm always been somewhat of a dreamer, even when I didn't feel like I was accessing the potential of that. Right. And so some people maybe are very analytical. They, they want that structure. They, they want to be very logical about the future and say, well, if this is happening, then this is going to happen. And what I do with anyone that I'm working with, and even someone who maybe just on the street, you're having a conversation, it's let's tap into the dreams. You know, I believe dreams are our personal future and they help shape our destiny and the lives of those around us. And when you're living in your dream and I'm living in mine, we begin to create a world of potential and possibility and it changes the nature of our life experience. And so that just starts with giving yourself freedom and permission. Even if it's an outlandish dream, you know, it, you have to be willing to take a risk. And so the one thing is just take a risk and pull out a piece of paper and write down everything that you think you want. You know, what, what do you want to do 10 years from now, five years from now, one year from now, and create scenarios of, the most ridiculous things you can think of. Now, this isn't, I want a Lamborghini. I want a 10,000 square foot house. It's not just about the external circumstances. It's what, 
I want to feel in life? What do I want to experience in life? What, do, what kind of love do I want to experience? What kind of joy do I want to experience? Where do I want to laugh? And that's where I, I begin everything with a dream is what does it look like? What does it taste like? What does it smell like? What, is it, you know, what are your senses engaging when you're doing a dream? You know, when I'm racing, my senses are on overload because you're in this environment, the, the stakes are high. You've got the, the sounds of the race car engine you know, you've got the, the smell of the exhaust and the fuel and the tire rubber burning and your eyes, you're seeing all the sensory overload as you're processing so much data as you're on the racetrack. Same thing on the stage. There's these experiences you're having and when you tap into them, you can use them to pull yourself forward. And the interesting thing when you study brain science is when you are doing an activity that you love and you dream of it, the difference in your brain is not that different, right? So if I'm on the racetrack, but I also think of it when I'm not, the brain doesn't actually recognize the difference. And so when you start dreaming, you begin to activate the possibility of potential in your brain to help you begin to move forward towards the very thing that you're wanting. And so number one, take a risk. Number two, get very specific and write down what are the things that you want? You know, I'm a very intuitive person, so I, I feel it more than um, somebody who might be a data type person. And so a lot of it's my gut level instinct. What do I want? What do I feel? You know, when I stopped racing in my mid to early to mid twenties for a little bit, it was because we ran out of funding, but I had the sense that man, pair up country music and racing. And then you've got a story that no one else has and you can secure sponsorship. But I wasn't confident in the singing at that point. And so it took another five to six years to begin to reawaken the music enough to where now I can pull that dream back out and say, Hey, Marty Robbins was the last race car driver, country music singer that I know of in the 50s, 60s, and 70s, why can't I do that? And so now here I am, I'm in my 30s, and I've awakened this dream that I could potentially be the next Marty Robbins and race at the, the top levels of NASCAR and sing country music with, with songs going to country radio. Well, that's a crazy dream, right? But I gave myself permission to dream. And I gave myself permission to put it down on paper. And then I gave myself to take the risk and find out what are the next steps I need to do. So now it's not just something on paper, it's what's the first thing I can do? Well, I can get vocal lessons. Okay, well, I can go to Nashville and I can write songs with Nashville songwriters. Okay, well, now we can meet producers. And, oh, I can go to Charlotte and I can meet race team owners and race shop owners. And so for everyone dreaming out there, it's, you know, you might be 15 years old and say, well, I'm, I'm 10 years away from working because I know I'm going to go to university. I'm going to get a graduate degree. And my challenge to you is don't be afraid to start dreaming now. Don't be afraid to awaken the possibility of what might you do at 18 or 22 or 25 now, because you can begin learning and gathering information, gathering knowledge, gathering connections and mentors who can help guide you and steer you. You know, I think back to 15 year old version of me and I go, man, like if I would have put myself in situations where mentors would have been prominent in my life, and I would have been highly connected and networked. How much faster could my dreams have come to life than had I stayed in my, you know, I stayed in my little silo, right? I had this little box and it was safe and it was comfortable. And I had a great life, right? High school was fun. College was good. But there's so much more that I could have experienced had I taken the risks to do more intentional work towards awakening and activating my dreams as a kid. I thought you were about to say something, Kenzie. Nope, not, not yet. <laughs> <laughs> I really am, am wanting to hear more of where you are now in your journey. 
we're, you know, we've, we've talked about the, the failures, the setbacks, the time that things been on purpose. And I know with 2020, nobody's, right. uh, nobody's exactly where they wanted to be in their journey, life journey, or I guess some folks could be uh, on their life journey, but where are you at on, on your road there? And, and, and how are you still, you know, finding that energy and motivation to keep going? Right. That's a great question. You know, in 2015, I released that book. I have a voice. I put out an EP. It was kind of social proof of, Hey, I've overcome this thing, this fear of performing, but I didn't really have an intention of becoming a country music artist. Mm -hmm. it, was, it was a supplement to the book. And my intention was just to, to speak on stages and, and coach and help individuals and organizations. So when you, you did that EP, it was just, you know, it was not to launch a music career. It's just kind of a right. supplement. Oh, wow. Right. So I basically, I'd done karaoke and open mic nights and I'd done some music stuff before the EP, but it, it was for fun, right? It was for my friends. It was for me. But when I was writing the book, I just said, you know what, this needs a little bit more. And so I called up a friend and I got connected to someone and we rushed that project. It was, we wrote five songs in five days. Those are the five songs you recorded. And that's what ended up being on that EP. Well, if you know music, typically you might write 50 or 100 songs to get down to your best five or 10 for an album. And so it really was, it was a great learning experience. And it was a great example of taking risk and putting yourself out there. But it wasn't with the goal of I'm going to be a country music artist. And so I put that out, but inside it did reawaken something, right? It was an unplanned. So you take a leap of faith to do something. But inside it just awakened. It was like you have this, these embers, you know, this coal is, is burning and the fire's not totally out, but it's not really going either. But it was like that EP in the book combination. It's like it stoked the fire and this fire came back to life. And so that started a new journey for me back in 2015, 16. And then from there, it awakened the idea that, okay, let's do music and racing together. Let's search for partners and sponsors and teams to try to make this something bigger. And that's really what I've been working on the last you know, four and a half, five years. I put out two more EPs since then. You can find them all, all digital outlets for music, Spotify, Apple Music, Google, Amazon, and whatnot. Um, but it still felt a little bit selfish, right? You know, here I am, I'm in my 30s now. I'm, I'm chasing this dream. I couldn't give up on coaching and speaking because I knew that's where the real transformational work was, not just for me, but for the people I work with. And so now I look at it. You know, somebody says, well, you got to choose one or the other. You got to race or you got to sing or you got to coach. You can't do all these things. So the way I look at it is I can speak on stages and I can coach and I can use all the experiences that I'm learning on the racetrack and on stages and in the writer's room performing as an artist to help me connect better with people because every day I'm facing failure or the potential for failure. Every day I'm stepping into the idea of this is a dream. You know, it's a dream not realized. You know, by definition, I can tell you I'm a country music singing race car driver, but I still haven't hit the level that I, I want. So I can tell so, you. Hey, oh, oh, sorry. I thought you were done. <laughs> yeah, no, I just I'm in the process of, you know, I'm still trying to become the driver and the singer and performer that I want to be. But I also have this career where I help create transformation based on the work that I'm doing in that external world. So going into this new year and you know, everything, you know, you said it was slow and picking things back up. What are your goals in each of those categories going into this, you know, new year? 
Well, she's putting you on the spot there. That's right. Yeah, 2020 was, was a tough year for me. I, you know, music and racing, you know, had a, a funding potential opportunity that dried up because of COVID. Yeah. Uh, music, I was going to have another album already out by this time, but I, I had about 25 rights canceled early on and uh, just some other business activities in the consulting coaching space kind of dried up for a little bit. So it was a tough year. And when you're trying to race and do music, they take a lot of funding. And some of that's from other people, some of that's from myself. And so last year was really tough because it, it felt like two things that I loved were somewhat taken away temporarily. And now this year, it's about reawakening those opportunities. It's about, you know, it kind of felt like I put my head in the sand. And so it's about, you know, bringing myself back up to life, stepping into the things that I know that I'm great at, which is helping create transformation for people and doing more of the things that I love. So, you know, a lot of the, the songwriting was on Zoom last year. We'll still do a lot of that. At some point, we'll get back to writing together in Nashville and, and rooms physically together. Um, so the goal is we're going to put out more music this year. You know, I don't know the number of songs we're going to do, but at least five to seven uh, is the goal just to, to keep music coming along. We'll, we'll perform more, get back on stages once live audiences come back around. You know, there's, there's some stages that are open here in Nashville where I live, but the, it's not fully open. So we'll get back to doing some more live events. Speaking, we'll do more than ever uh, this year. You know, again, I kind of put my head in the sand on the virtual side last year, but we're gonna do a lot of virtual speaking engagements this year. Again, at some point we'll get back to doing some, some live ones. Um, I'm looking to do about 45 to 50 events as a speaker next year or this year, 2021. And then I also do a little bit of one-to-one -one coaching and then small group coaching as well. So it's, it's a mix of everything and we're always in search of partners to help it go to the next level. So there's always the chance that we could uh, make a move into the, the NASCAR truck series at some point at the end of the year, or even going into next year, 2022, but uh, just doing a lot more of the things that I love to do, which is help people create transformation and then having fun on the racetrack and on more stages. What level are you racing at uh, currently or, or were racing at currently before COVID? Yeah. So mostly doing West coast sprint cars. Uh-huh. So open wheel, non-wing sprint cars on dirt. Um, I've got opportunities all over the country to race different cars. So hopefully we'll be in a mix of late model stock cars in the, the Carolinas on asphalt and then doing some maybe USAC or Power Eye midgets uh, in the Midwest. So as funding comes along and we create our own opportunities, we'll, we'll see where we end up. But uh, those are all national tour divisions and uh, create a lot of exposure and opportunity. Wow. Our, our, the last podcast that we recorded, uh, one of my co-hosts asked, one of our guest hosts asked uh, our guest what the best advice that they had ever received was and what would be the best advice they could give was. And I really like that question so much so that I wanted to add it uh, as kind of a permanent part going forward. So what is the best advice hmm. that you have ever received? Ever received? Wow. Put me on the spot here. That's a, that's a big yeah, one. I didn't put you on the spot. He <laughs> Come on, James, help me out here. Um, man, the best advice that I could get from someone. Uh, do you want to give or get first? Whatever you comes to mind for, to you mm. to first. I guess the, the greatest advice I could give is just show up big. And what that means to me is most of us end up playing pretty small. You know, you go to school, go to college, get a job, 
and you kind of hit the nine to five or you just do the thing and you might do what's expected. And I think we ignore the dreams that we really have and, and the beliefs and the hopes for a grand future. And I'm a believer that God has, has wired us to do grand, big things. And we need more people who dream big and go big. And so, you know, this year, one of the things I'm telling myself, hey, I got to show up more. I got to be more present. I got to be more visible. I got to be seen. So, you know, when you're 15, 20, 25, I think sometimes that's easy to do. And then other times it's really, really difficult to do. And you don't, you know, the fear of judgment, the worry, what other people are, are going to think, do. So just let go and, and show up big. Um, that's going to be a hashtag for us right there. Show up big. There you yeah, go. Like um, so that's what I would tell you. What do I want to know? It's going to be okay. You'll figure it out. Like yeah, you know, it, it's simple. It's easy. I think you can overlook that statement. But in all the moments where you're feeling like things are just not working out, you know, you, you've got a lot of drama at home or you've got drama at school, relationships, when things really seem bad, it's going to be okay. And you will figure it out. And the way you'll do that is you're going to take the next step forward and you're going to keep going because the world needs you. What a message that needs to be heard right now. Oh, yeah. So it's like we needed to hear that when we were... Yeah. Wish somebody had grabbed hold of me and said, show up big. Uh, yeah. Because you, you tend I mean, to you play to a room sometimes and, and I mean, you're in small rooms. There, there's so much fear in the world. You know, we all want to have some level of safety and security and comfort. But the, the greatest dreams and desires of our heart, they take a lot of risk. And the willingness to say, hey, like this might not work out. But even in the it might not work out, I'm still going to experience it amazing things with amazing people and those are the moments that you know when you're, I think about when I'm you know 70 or 80 and you know I'm you have grandkids and I can tell them about my life you know I don't want to sit there and say well here's what I regret not doing and here's all the things that I didn't do it's, I want to say here's what I did do and even in the failure I learned this and I think you know it's easy at 10 15 20 25 and even 30 or 35 to to get caught up in, well, I shouldn't do this because somebody else doesn't think it's the right thing to do or what is so-and-so going to say about it or the internal pressure of I'm not good enough, I'm not smart enough, I don't have what it takes, I don't have enough money, whatever the things are, I'm a believer that we all have greatness within us that's unexpressed and even sometimes unknown. And so creating the awareness, taking the risk, put it on paper, start sharing it with other people and the right people that believe in you will support you. They're going to come along and, and help you on your journey. But yeah, I mean, it, I wish I knew the things I knew. Even when I knew at 27, I wish I knew at 15. Now in my 30s, I wish I knew just even a percentage of that. Because like, like you're saying, it's like, oh, man, like if you just would have taken that one extra risk, you know, ask the girl out when you wanted to, but you didn't. Or, you know, go and apply to this college that you didn't, you know, even though you probably wouldn't have gotten in, you still could have tried. Um, or maybe it's something external from school and, and friendships and relationships. Maybe you're Maybe you like coding and you like building websites and you're 17 years old and you could be making money today building websites, but you're too afraid to do it because your friends think it's stupid. Or maybe you have a side business and a side hustle in college that you feel like could be the next great thing, but you're too afraid of what your friends are going to say because it sounds a little stupid to them, but to you, it means the world. And so it's, it's separating yourself from what the world's going to tell you and really sticking to, you know, what is your heart telling you? What is your gut telling you? And you know, if you're, if you're faith-based, what is God telling you? And, 
and really just chasing after the things that are for you. Because I believe there's so much for us that we, we just write off as, oh, that's just an idea. That's stupid. It's no big deal. But really, it's a life-changing experience for all of us. Do you guys, uh, do, this is, when you were talking about that and you were talking about believing yourself, taking that extra chance, asking that girl out, do y'all hear songs in your head when, when you said those things that kind of remind you of those experiences? Because when you were thinking that, songs were coming in my head that I've sung that kind of, or I've listened to that kind of get me up, you know, when, when things have gone down. Is, am I the only one? Am I weird? Or, is, or, or are y'all hearing it as well? Until I started writing songs, I would have said, no, not a chance. I don't really think that way. But as I've started writing songs and over the last five or six years, it's like everything now could be a song, like any <laughs> phrase, any word, any just like, so you, you start seeing things. It's like photographers, when they go out with their camera, they see the world in a different way. You know, when, as a songwriter, you start hearing little phrases and you can even hear, overhear something from a, a table at a restaurant. You're like, oh, that's a song. I got to write it down. Or So yeah, you start hearing things differently for sure. <laughs> I was hearing Darius Rucker's song, This. Y'all know that song? Uh, yep. This, where he talks about the choices that he has to make. And one of them was, you know, every girl that I didn't ask out or something, <laughs> every college that I didn't get in. And I was thinking, gosh, man, that's the song. That's the song. <laughs> I, was, I was listening to it and hearing it in my head there uh, going forward. So, Tyler, if our audience wants to connect with you, they want to find out more about you, they want to hear, hear what you have to say, uh, listen to your music, where can they find you? Yeah, the, the best way is to connect. Instagram's T Williams Live. So just my first initial T Williams Live. You know, when you have Tyler Williams as a name, when you try to go get stuff, it's already taken. So uh, T Williams Live on, on Instagram, Twitter, uh, Facebook, Tyler Williams Live. Uh, the music is all over the digital outlets. Again, Spotify, Apple Music, Google, uh, Amazon my podcast beyond the limit. If you want to dive into some interviews I've done with, with a lot of interesting people from entrepreneurs, athletes, coaches, and speakers, just different thought leaders. You can find that anywhere from Spotify, Apple, Google, iHeartRadio, And that's beyond the limit with Tyler Williams. And my website's tylerwilliamslive.com. If you want to just see some stuff we're doing on uh, music, racing, speaking and, and catch up and any place you can find us, I'm happy to connect and, and learn more about what's going on in your life and just share some stories. So this year in 2021, they can expect to, to hear some more new music from you? New music. I don't have a date yet. I'm hoping probably at this point it'll be sometime in April before we get the next single out. So we'll have a single out in April and hopefully from there every you know few weeks to, to months, we'll have a new song coming out throughout the year. And then I can't promise, but I'm working on a new book. And so hopefully at some point in 2021, you'll get a new book from me. And it's kind of a, a follow-on from I Have a Voice. You know, I Have a Voice is kind of the awareness piece. Mm-hmm. You know, it's the awareness of having a voice. And this next book I'm working on is really about how do you apply that? What do you do with that as you put that in motion? Because it's one thing to know you have a voice. It's another thing to go apply that voice. Mm-hmm. And so hopefully we'll have a new book out and just doing more of the things. Uh, you can, you know, like I said, Instagram is the best place to follow because it, it's the most active of what I'm doing daily. And like I said, I put my head in the sand in 2020. 2021, we're going to see more content across the board and you're going to show up big in 2021 that's it we're going to show up big yeah yeah i hope we hear more about this show up big i want to hear something in your new book about showing up big i love that showing up big that's that's the speech topic there showing up big that's that's a that's a hashtag that we're going to use matter of fact i think i'm gonna use that (laughs) as the show title Uh, showing up big with tyler williams that's 
that's us. So, so we're going to thank you, my friend, for uh, for taking your time uh, out of your busy schedule um, to be with us and, and sharing with our audience. Um, it's good to see you, brother. It's good to see you. It has, it's been too long uh, that we've, we've connected. Yeah, it's been great, and I appreciate your time. It's, it's really good to, to share some time with both you, James, and Kenzie, and I hope it inspires your audience to, to show up big. <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> And for our audience, uh, we encourage you to subscribe uh, to our YouTube channel, share it with your friends, and all the information about his contact information will be down in the show notes. Just look down, and you'll see all those with direct links as well uh, so that you can connect with Tyler. So see you again next week, audience. Thank you for joining us on the Gen Z Show and being a part of our community. Please subscribe to our channels on YouTube and on your favorite podcast app. Follow us too on Instagram and Facebook to get weekly updates. Until our next show, have a blessed day.